0: This is the MTA Podcast, episode 398.
1: This podcast episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. Created by leading scientists, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. Get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store at insidetracker.com forward slash MTA.
0: Thanks also to UCAN. The remarkable ingredient Live Steady provides a steady release of energy without spiking blood sugar levels. You can last longer in training and keep hunger in check, all without compromising your health. So fuel for your next personal best with UCAN and save 20% with the code MTA. Just go to UCAN.co, use the code MTA for 20% off. Oh hey hey welcome to the mta podcast in this episode coach angie and i talk about rookie mistakes to avoid on race day and i'll share stories from my road trip to the richmond marathon plus listen in as i chat with my nutrition coach about metabolic recovery and, of course, as an Academy member, you can get access to all of the good stuff, our training plans, back podcast episodes, courses, and more. Find out how to become a member when you visit MarathonTrainingAcademy.com. Well, I recently got to do the Richmond Half Marathon in Richmond, Virginia. It was my second year going down there, and I got to meet a lot of listeners to the podcast. And my brother-in-law, Tim Haley, uh, came with me and did his first-ever race. Uh, he did the 8K That inspired us to put together an episode about how to avoid rookie mistakes. Thankfully, Tim was able to avoid most of the rookie mistakes, (laughs) but spoiler alert, I made a couple, even though I'm not a rookie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It happens even to us old timers.
0: Yeah, I will tell you what happened. Before we do that, we'd like to give some shout outs. We've got some folks that we haven't given props to, and some of these races were run about a, a month ago or so, but we still like to give some massive props to folks in our community who are just out there getting it done.
1: This comes from Momo, who's a member of the Academy. She says, Hi, MTA friends. Marathon number two is in the books at the Hartford Marathon. It was a great day, perfect weather, and I got a PR by 20 minutes with a time of four hours, 48 minutes, and 57 seconds. I guess I should learn that if the training is there, it will all be okay. Thanks, MTA, for your awesome training plans and all of your amazing inspiration and encouragement. I listened to the Do Hard Things podcast at the start of the run. It was a great setup for me to do a hard thing.
0: All right, 20-minute PR. Love it.
1: We'd like to say congratulations to coaching client Jeremy. He works with MTA coach Steve. He recently completed his first 50-miler at the Mid-State Massive Ultra 50, which is a trail race that starts in the middle of the night and then finishes after sunrise the next day. He also found out that he was third in his age group.
0: That's a long way to run.
2: (laughs)
1: Especially at night. That's a really interesting concept to primarily run through the night. This final email says, Hey, Trevor and Angie, my name is Shal from Pretoria, South Africa. I've been listening to the quote People's Podcast for almost four years now. I started running in 2015 and slowly built up to running my first marathon in 2021. She says, from there, I decided to step up and do the famed 90 kilometer Comrades Marathon in 2022. My dad did the race seven times in the 90s and I grew up with the memory of him triumphing over the ultimate human race as the race is affectionately known. My mantras for the race were just stay calm and as per MTA, I can do hard things. The highlight of my race was repeating my mantra while running the last four kilometers at full tilt while many runners around me were walking, stumbling, and crawling to the end. This allowed me to finish in 10 hours, 45 minutes, and 6 seconds, and earn myself a bronze medal. And most importantly, familial bragging rights.
0: That is the most important thing right there.
1: <laughs> Thanks for your awesome podcast. If you ever find yourself in the mood to do Comrades, don't hesitate to reach out. My club has got the event planned down to a T, and we have members that enjoy beer almost as much as Trevor. <laughs> she says all the best in your next goals and keep doing hard things. And that's from Shawl.
0: I do find myself in the mood to do comrades, but not in the mood to run 90 kilometers. <laughs> Thank you, Shaw, for sharing your story with us and congrats on going the distance. All right. Well, now it's time to talk about my road trip to the Richmond half marathon and how to avoid rookie mistakes on race day, even if you're not a rookie.
1: And even before race day, too. <laughs>
0: That's right. Monday, before the race, I got an email from the race director, a guy named Pete Woody, and he said, hey, would you like to come down and do a live show at the Marathon Expo? He says, we'll have Bart Yasso there, possibly Kira D'Amato, and Shawana White. So I'm like, yeah, I would love to come down there and do a live event. So Friday came, and I had to make my way down to Richmond. It's about a four-hour drive. So after I left home, I had this feeling that I forgot something. So I guess this is when it's good to have a checklist, but I totally forgot to pack any like fuel for uh, <laughs> for running my race. I'll talk about that later. But on the way down, it had been raining really heavy. You know, Angie, like those storms they can have in the south where it's like torrential downpour.
1: Right, like even your high wipers are doing nothing. Yeah,
0: like total <laughs> gully washer. And our phones kept blaring loudly because there was a tornado warning. So basically this tornado was passing right near us. And immediately when we got to the expo, we had to shelter in place.
1: Wow. That's a very inauspicious start. (laughs)
0: Yeah. After sheltering for about 30 minutes, I found the race director and I felt bad for everything that he was dealing with. At least it wasn't happening on race day. Yes. (laughs) Bart Yasso was a no-show poor guy. He he came down with a fever, decided not to leave home. Kira D'Amato, who we've had on the podcast, she's just a superstar. Um, She actually lives in Richmond or just outside of Richmond, but it was up in the air whether or not she'd be able to come. So 3 o'clock comes and goes, and no one's even outside because it's raining so hard. So we try to set up inside, but it's kind of haphazard, kind of hit and miss. No one really knows where to go. Finally, the rain cleared, and by 3.30, we moved the equipment outside, and boom, Kira shows up.
1: Perfect timing. So I'm like,
0: all right, we've got a show now. So it actually turned out to be a really nice live show and crowd started to gather you know as soon as Kira started talking people recognized her and she has been on such a hectic pace since breaking the American record. She's just been everywhere it's it's crazy and she's just really good on the mic. You can tell she's a very genuine person And real quick before I play this sound bite when Kira broke the American record this year, her time was what Angie you know?
1: It was two nineteen twelve um, at the age of 37.
0: So unfortunately the recording didn't turn out, but we did get this clip pulled from a video. So here is what it was like at the live show with Kier D'Amato. We had you on the podcast earlier in the year, shortly after you set the American record. And since then you've been at all kinds of races all over and also um, opened a running store in Richmond. Uh, maybe let's start with that. Like since the uh, marathon record, Where where all have you been? I know we saw you in Boston.
1: Yeah, I think um, this year, yeah, I was in Houston, and then Boston, and then in California, and Ohio, and Grand Rapids, and Berlin, Connecticut, and New York a couple times, Boston a couple times. Yeah, (laughs) I'm mean really getting after it this year.
0: And now the hometown race.
1: Yeah, now Richmond. I do have a bib number in my pocket. But it is not for me. It is for my husband. He's going to be doing the uh, the half marathon on
0: tomorrow. So everyone here um, is here for the marathon weekend. How many of you are going to run tomorrow? Either the marathon or the half or the 8K or the relay. You're running something. Woo-hoo. Okay, and for those that are listening on the podcast, there's thousands of people with their hands up
1: Everywhere. I have a question, too. How many
0: people are here just to party?
1: You know, how many people are not running, but they're just here for the party? You guys are my kind of people, too. Thank
0: you. I plan on doing both. And that was my uh, impression of the Richmond Half Marathon last year. It felt like a big party. So I asked Kira to give some tips on how to effectively run the Richmond course, and she talked about not going out too fast and taking plenty of electrolytes since it's just going to be warm and had a lot of great advice, and then she finished, and then I came back and I said, so what you're saying is, go out really hard in the first mile. If you're not puking, you're not doing it right. <laughs> that got a good laugh from the crowd, and then Kira's really quick on her feet. She's like, oh yeah, baby, P-R or E-R. Oh no. Oh <laughs> no. So that would bring us to rookie mistake number one, going out too fast in the marathon.
1: Or probably in any race, unless it's like 400 meters.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If it's only 400 meters, just go out as hard as you can. Starting too quick in a half marathon or marathon is a common mistake. Angie, have you ever done it?
1: Yes, I've done it many times. Even non-rookies do that. Although sometimes I do it on purpose, sometimes if i'm dealing with like some kind of nagging issue and i know that i'm going to be hurting no matter what the second half of the race i try to get (laughs) as many miles under my belt as quick as possible before that happens yeah so definitely don't recommend it but sometimes you do it consciously doing it unconsciously because maybe your ego is involved is a definite no-no you know you like see people you know running really fast and you think I shouldn't be behind them. And that's kind of one of the pieces of advice I gave Tim going into his first race. Yeah. Don't go out too fast. You know, you're going to see all kinds of people passing you in the first couple of miles. Just let them go. Stay conservative. Run your own race.
0: Yeah, he was kind of nervous because he didn't really train.
1: He followed your training plan, basically.
0: He didn't even follow my lazy (laughs) training plan. I don't know what he did. Thankfully, he's kind of naturally a fit guy, and he was only doing five miles. You know, it's an 8K, so I mean, you can walk five miles if you need to. Yes. And I told him, you're not going to finish last.
1: Right. And even if he did, it would not be a big deal.
0: So we were able to give him some help, and ring that bell. That brings me to rookie mistake number two, not reaching out for help. In fact, at the live show, uh, I talked to Shawana White Shawana is a 245.19 marathoner, and she's run the most sub-three marathons of any U.S.-born African-American. And I I wanted to ask her, like, how do you do it? And first of all, I was like, how do you find time to run? And you know what she said?
1: Uh, You make time to run?
0: Yeah, you get up at 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) She's doing two a days.
1: It it doesn't magically happen.
0: (laughs) I'm like, when's your social life happen? She's like, well, running is her social life. Like She has these running groups and stuff. So that's really cool. But listen to what she says in this soundbite about how things really changed for her in terms of winning marathons, going sub three, when she decided to reach out to a coach for help. I think I saw you post that you're a master's runner, is that correct? Yes, I'm also okay. a master's okay. runner. All right, don't want to assume. So, <laughs> master's runner, um, like myself, anyone who's 40 or, or above. So, you were running sub three hour marathons as a master's runner. I know how hard that is. You must be pretty dialed in with your training. Can you share any tips with us?
2: Yeah.
1: I think the most important part for me now is having a coach to guide me because I noticed when I used to coach myself, I would do too much because I love training. So it's important to have a coach to reel you back in to make sure you're not overworking yourself. So I found for me having a coach has been beneficial with helping me to run at the miles sub three hours and to race as much as I do. because. I'm what you call a serial racer, so I run a bunch of races all the time.
0: So the live show at the expo, even though it started late and was kind of up in the air due to the weather, um, it turned out very nice. Thank you to everyone that came out. And I was riding pretty high after that. Picked up my bib, my packet. They give you a lot of nice swag, too, at the Richmond Marathon. You get, like, this long sleeve t-shirt. And after the race, you get, like, a hat and a blanket and a medal. (laughs) I got like two Richmond Marathon blankets here. I'm like right here in my office.
1: They're like your office couch nap blankets. That's
0: right. (laughs) If Angie ever kicks me to the couch, I got these blankets. That's right. To comfort me. So Tim and I left the expo. The weather had cleared up, thankfully, and it was set to be a beautiful day the next day. Warm, but beautiful. We went to the Drury Hotel in Richmond, one of their newer locations, and we got there in time, Angie, for the 5.30 kickback.
1: Oh, yeah. Food and drinks.
0: That's right. Any Drury Hotel between 5.30 and 7, there's free dinner and free drinks. Now you're probably thinking, yeah, but you didn't drink because you're going to run the next day and you'd be wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could make that another rookie mistake, but we will not. <laughs>
0: yeah. So the Drury Hotel is amazing. They've been a sponsor of this show since 2011. And if you're a runner, if you're in town for a race, stay at a Drury Hotel, man, because it's so comfortable, clean, and you can't beat free food and drinks in the evening and free breakfast in the morning. And by the way, you can get 15% off of your stay at any other locations. As over 150 locations around the U.S., you can get 15% off with the code RUN, R-U-N, that's our special code, or use our link, druryhotels.com forward slash M-T-A.
1: So we pretty much covered your guys's pre-race festivities. Um, I'm assuming that you guys slept adequately the night before a race. Sometimes that's not perfect because you know you have to get up early. So how did race day unfold for you?
0: Tim's 8K started at 7 in the morning and my half started at 7.30. So we drove to downtown Richmond. Parking was pretty easy. And uh, the course starts on Broad Street in downtown. There's just great energy at the start. And there was a lady with an incredible voice singing the national anthem. And we've all heard the national anthem where the person singing is like, yeah, they probably weren't the first pick.
1: (laughs) Well, it would be really hard. It's a hard song to sing. I mean, I respect anyone who stands up there and attempts the Star Spangled Banner.
0: Yeah, you would do it, Angie, right? You could be a guest singer. Never. (laughs) (laughs) This lady was killing it. But when she got to, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, boom, the sound dropped out. And you could hear her, but not through the mic. You can just hear her distantly. So then everyone in the crowd just started singing, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. And it probably was probably like, gave you chills. It did. It was so moving because all the people just joined. And then she, her mic picked back up and the tempo was a little off. Like, <laughs> she was singing slower than we were. But it happened again and like the crowd just came it, it almost made me tear up. It was it was just a really moving experience. So, Tim started, and then I had about 30 minutes to kill. If I was smart, I would have jumped in a port-a-pot line, but I didn't really have to go that bad.
1: Oh, never wait until you have to go <laughs> bad. <laughs> Just stand in the port-a-pot line until you have to get in your corral, 100%.
0: So, this could be rookie mistake number three, Andy. <laughs> what can we call this rookie mistake?
1: Um, Not emptying the system pre-race. <laughs>
0: So I decided not to go. And every time I ran by another porta pot I always looked at it and be like, hmm, maybe I should stop here. But there are always lines at the other ones. Oh, no. <laughs> so after the half marathon started, it was a warm day. And I ditched my long sleeves during the first mile. I actually had this nice long sleeve shirt from the Philly Marathon. And last year, I actually brought the same shirt. And I just, like, tied it around my waist. But this year, I just didn't feel like carrying it. So I, <laughs> I really... Hated to see it go. Are
1: you still regretting that?
0: No. Now I have this nice long sleeve shirt from the Richmond Marathon. There you go, you. It's not like I don't have enough running shirts, you know, from all these races. Right. But it was really interesting to see how people were dressed. When I was in the corral, I saw one guy, it was a young guy, and he had off the shelf like Nike cross trainers, cotton exercise clothes, and for some reason a backpack
1: like the backpack from the expo, because sometimes, you know, they give you those drawstring bags and then I see people like carrying them.
0: I do too. But no, it's just like a regular school backpack.
1: Wow. (laughs) Brave choice. Brave as in foolish.
0: (laughs) I have a feeling like he trained probably even less than Tim did.
1: Right. So would this fall into rookie mistake of not testing your running kit?
0: That's right. Rookie mistake number four. Another one of Angie's rules is do nothing new on race day. Test that running kit.
1: That's right. Make sure that sports bra isn't going to leave you bleeding or the shorts are not going to ride up weird the whole time. <laughs> Those socks aren't going to give you blisters.
0: Yeah. You know, by the way, Tim, he finished before I did, of course, because he only ran the 8K and he got to sit there at the finish line for quite a while and watch people come across. And he said he saw one guy running the half marathon. He came across wearing a complete football uniform.
1: Wow. <laughs> I know. I wonder if he lost a bet. <laughs>
0: And this is American football we're talking about. So he's got like the pads and the helmet. And this is on a day where it's like 70, 71 degrees. Yikes. Fahrenheit. Humid probably. Yeah, it was really humid. And by the way, if it's humid, or even if it's not, you're just running a long ways, you'll need to avoid rookie mistake number five, not using anti-chafing products.
1: Yes, my personal nemesis. I think I have the most chafing skin in the history of running. (laughs) (laughs) And if people listen to the recap of the wine glass marathon, they'll remember hearing that I forgot to apply anti-chafing ointment to the inside of my thighs. So yeah, I regretted that for half of the marathon and then for several days afterward.
0: Hey, thanks. Yeah, thank you. So the race is really well organized, and the last four miles felt like a huge block party as we ran through these neighborhoods. Someone had a whiskey shot table, and the table said, "I gave the Richmond Marathon my best shot."
1: Now that's really clever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing you stopped at that table.
0: I didn't really feel that good because it was so hot. I stopped to take a picture, and then they're like, "Well, now you have to have a shot." (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: Not one to resist peer pressure <laughs> when alcohol is involved.
0: There was another guy who had a sign. He was a fairly large guy. He was sitting in a chair and his sign said, I trained for months to hold this sign. <laughs> so because it was hot out there, I started taking walk breaks. I knew I was going to finish around two and a half hours and it's okay to take walk breaks. In fact, rookie mistake number six is believing that it's not okay to take walk breaks. I decided that I was gonna walk the uphill sections. I was gonna walk through water stops. And anytime I felt my self getting overheated. I mentioned uphill sections is funny because later that day when we we're at the meetup, people who listen to the podcast who were there, they're like, Hey, Trevor, you told us that the Richmond Marathon was mostly flat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mostly being in italics. <laughs>
0: they're like, Yeah, that was not flat. <laughs> It's flat compared to Pennsylvania, I promise you that.
1: Yes, it's all it's all in comparison to more <laughs> <Yeah>. non-flat rices.
0: <laughs> so my apologies if you didn't find it mostly flat. Those are the talking points they gave me. And I mentioned it was warm out there. Rookie mistake number seven is not preparing for the elements. Thankfully, I was not overdressed, but I did forget to bring sunscreen and sunglasses. So the sun pretty much beat down on me the whole time. Thankfully, I had my hat on, my MTA trucker hat. And because of the heat... There was a lot of carnage out there on the course. Tim said he saw people finishing the half marathon and they were so tired that they were tripping over the timing mat.
1: Oh, no, they couldn't even pick up their feet.
0: Yeah. Also, early on when he saw the the really fast half marathoners come down because there's a nice downhill finish and he said he saw someone just bombing down the hill. They were running so fast that you remember when you are a kid and you're like running down the hill, but then your momentum gets going too quick and then your feet can't keep up and you just fall. Oh, no. What happened to somebody? Oh. They were about 100 feet away from the finish line, fell, and they were too banged up and busted up to cross the finish line. Oh, they had to be carried no. off.
1: no. That is so sad.
0: I know. So be careful running those downhills.
1: You have to really concentrate. <laughs>
0: And be careful out there if it is a warm day because there were a lot of people taken off the course because of heat-related problems.
1: I feel like early spring marathons and late fall marathons can be tricky because if you get a really hot day, people are not really acclimated for the heat anymore. And, you know, sometimes they come from a place where it was colder, colder. Or they had been training in colder conditions and then boom, you get this hot day and it's just, you know, maybe you're not dressed for it. Maybe you you don't have your hydration or your, your electrolytes dialed in for those kind of conditions and it can really throw you
0: off. It can. And that brings us to rookie mistake number eight, which is not making a fueling plan and electrolyte plan. I mentioned that when I left home, I had the feeling I was forgetting something. I forgot my UCAN Energy Bars. I basically started with no fuel and ran with no fuel. I just drank water. And UCAN also makes this product called UCAN Hydrate, which is an electrolyte replenishment. And of course, I didn't have that either. You didn't even
1: have one of their edge gels?
0: I had nothing. And I made it through. You know, I finished, but after I crossed the finish line, it just felt like something was off. Uh oh. I didn't even feel like drinking the post race beer.
1: Now yes. call the ambulance. Something I know. is seriously off. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know how else to explain it. I just bonked really hard. I just felt weird. I felt off. felt like I had to sit down. I was nauseated. My hands were tingling. When I stood up, I got like a head rush. So I just had to sit for a while in the shade and kind of like get myself back. I was just low on electrolytes. And I think a lot of other people were feeling that way too.
1: Yeah. And that's not normally how you feel after a half marathon. No. Sometimes after a marathon, you feel like that. But Yeah.
0: I have used UCAN at so many different races that I, I think I just forgot how it feels to not fuel.
1: You literally take it for granted.
0: <laughs> yeah. So now I know, all right, (laughs) going out there and not taking it. um, I can now see a clear night and day difference.
1: Yeah, I really love the Edge gels. Of course, I was using their energy formula before they came out with their gels. But the gels make it so much more handy to be able to just throw that thing in your pocket and take it during a race and not have to worry about mixing it up or carrying any additional bottles or supplies.
0: It will give you energy and help you avoid bonking like I did (laughs) at the end.
1: Well, at least you saved your bonk for the end.
0: Yeah. Yeah. At least it wasn't the last mile. And by the way, you can get 20% off anything at the UCAN store with the code MTA. Just go to UCAN.co. That's UCAN.co forward slash MTA or use the code MTA for 20% off. This would also be a good time to thank Inside Tracker. If it's been a while since you've had your blood analyzed to really see what's going on inside your body and get all this Great data inside Tracker just makes it incredibly easy. They'll send a tech to your house to take your blood, and they send it off to the lab, and then Inside Tracker will analyze it and then give you back not only data but also an action plan. Because it's one thing to see your results, but it's another thing to say, "Hey, all right, now this is what you need to eat to, you know, boost your iron level or whatever is wrong, you know."
1: Or this is how you, to help you sleep better or manage your stress level better. Like very, very specific recommendations. For example, you mentioned iron, Trevor. That's one of the things that I have to watch with my body because it usually tends to run low in that area, and so it'll give you a list of very specific foods to eat um, to boost your iron and your ferritin levels. Um, so it's it's very specific and very helpful.
0: Get twenty percent off the entire Inside Tracker store if you go to insidetracker.com/mta. Twenty percent off insidetracker.com/mta. So Tim had a great time. He actually finished in less than an hour his 8K, and he wants to do a half marathon now. Yes. So that's cool to have another runner in the family.
1: Bring another one over to the dark side.
0: (laughs) So we got back to the Drury Hotel, and then uh, at 4 o'clock, we went to the MTA meetup at a pub, a place called the Answer Pub, same place we met up at last year. So I get there a little bit early, give him my name, and I was not in their reservation book.
1: Oh, no. (laughs)
0: So apparently whoever I talked to, it was just this young gal who doesn't even work there anymore and didn't write it down. Whoops. <laughs> but they made room for us. They were really cool and accommodating. We got to all sit close and it was we still had a good time. 17 people were there. Wonderful. Big thanks to all of you that came out to the meetup. So fun to meet you and hang out with you guys. And basically everyone who ran that day, uh, and we had quite a few people who did the full marathon, all of them just survived, you know, because <laughs> of the heat. <laughs>
1: They're like secretly bitter against us for (laughs) recommending it.
0: Actually, someone did get a PR. Good. I talked to. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun hanging out with runners. Uh, We had some coaching clients there and academy members and and people that I'd only met online. So it was really cool to meet some people in person. There was a husband and wife that came last year, and they're actually from Richmond. Greg and Athena. Greg is just so enthusiastic. He says, I basically try all the sponsors that you guys recommend. (laughs) Aw. I'm like, wow, Angie. We have with great power comes great responsibility.
1: Yes, I I know that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so here's that soundbite. All right, test, 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 test. I'm here with Greg Conti at the Richmond Marathon MTA Meetup. He ran the full today. How'd it go out there, man? It's kind of brutal, wasn't
3: it? Uh, it was a hot day, but um, I'm glad to say that I finished, and uh, it's much better on this side of the finish line.
0: Oh yeah, and this is marathon number what for you? Uh,
3: 14. You're kind of addicted to this. Yeah, I think I am. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: And how long ago did you uh, find the podcast?
3: I found the podcast about a year and a half ago.
0: Yeah, and I really appreciate you coming out to the meetup the second year in a row. So Yeah, and there's a big crowd this year. Like I know. It's like twice the size. You know, we have a lot of sponsors through the years of the podcast. You know, they make it possible for us to do what we do. And But you were telling me yeah. that. Tell me exactly what you yeah, said back sure. in there.
3: I just told you that. Hey, before I leave, I wanted to make sure that I let you know that I'm using so many of your sponsors <laughs> that I had never heard of before. Yeah. In no particular order, the... Um path projects the shorts Uh, running shorts today I ran in the running shorts with the under layer yeah I love them man yeah it was a 75 degree day 89% humidity ran a marathon with zero chafing
0: so Greg's gonna start doing our ads for
3: us (laughs) (laughs) I could definitely do an ad for them also with Metpro I started working with a Metpro coach in Mm. May and uh, still working with Joe at Metpro and I've lost 25 pounds and that's killer. I ran today with five UCAN packets <laughs> in my uh, Path Projects shorts. UCAN edge.
0: There yes. you go. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like how the universe comes together. And uh you're you're just a marathon machine, Greg. Yeah. Well, I don't know about a machine. <laughs> it was pretty rough. It was the, hot out there. Yeah. Well, Greg, thanks for coming out and thanks for listening to the podcast and keep up the awesome work. Thank you. Uh I really enjoyed the podcast. Thanks. Hey, I'm here with Parker Watson at the MTA meetup, Parker. Great to meet you in person. Yeah, great to meet you too, Trevor. So you trained with Coach Henry um, on our team for your first marathon. Like, really quick, give give me a quick recap.
2: Yeah, so I, I signed up for the, the Revel Rockies uh, before COVID. It got delayed like everything else, and uh, I started training for it. It was like, I don't want to just run this race. I want to run it and have fun. And after, I mean, I'd been listening to MTA for a few years at that point, and it's um, it's like, a coach makes sense. Like I, a coach will get me there. He'll yeah. put together the plan. Literally all I have to do is just do what I'm told. I just, just <laughs> follow the plan. And I know that I'm going to have a great race and enjoy it. Um, so he helped me, just kind of build up a running base. And and I, I had done um, a walk run uh, half marathon that October. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, okay, November is time to, to train for the marathon. It's like, let's get me started. He answered all of my questions. He did a great job. And how
0: had, had it go on race day?
2: It was fantastic. It met my A goal, which was a sub five hour. Um, I had no uh, no injuries no niggles nothing like the the way I trained was super steady lots of easy running which if I was on my own I would not have done that yeah um, so he got me there safely and and I got my a goal I, I had so much fun I, I loved it so much I, I think within two days I signed up for Richmond It's like I'm ready to do another like I want to do this oh that's awesome
0: you also heard about MetPro pro uh, on the EMTA podcast and have seen some just awesome results. So I smiled so big when you told me this story.
2: Yeah, I signed up for MetPro in March. Um, I hit my peak weight of my life at 245 during COVID. And after my whole life of yo-yo dieting, it's like I can't do this on my own. I like my coaching with MTA is going so well. Why don't I get a coach for nutrition? Yeah. Um, So I signed up. I started working with Coach Ryan in March. At that point, I was 231 pounds. And now running this race in November, the, the Richmond Marathon, I'm, I'm now uh, 185. That's and amazing. Con- continuing to, to lose more where I'm on a build right now. And, and we're going to cut as soon as I'm recovered from the race yeah. and lose some more. Well, congrats on all your progress. Thank you.
0: So the meetup was really fun. All the runners that came were just really cool. So fun to hang out with. The only thing that could have made it better, Angie, is if you were there.
1: I know. I, I <laughs> wish I could have met all those amazing people.
0: You'll have to go next year. For sure. If we do it again. So I had a great time at the Richmond Half Marathon, which was actually half marathon number 28 for me.
1: Congratulations.
0: I'm glad I only made a few of those rookie mistakes that we went over. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I'm not a rookie, I don't think.
1: Next time you'll try to make all the mistakes. That's right. Then I'll
0: have more stories to tell.
1: That is true.
0: Well, now we wanna dedicate a uh, short segment here to nutrition. I'm gonna play a call that I had with my nutrition coach, Angelo from MetPro. He has been helping me to lose some unwanted pounds that are mostly due to drinking too much and not exercising enough back in 2020. So we had this check-in call, and what's interesting is he's gonna talk about something called adaptive thermogenesis, and secondly, metabolic recovery, and what exactly that means. So it's a good look at the science of weight loss. Angelo's a great teacher, and it's always fun to pick his brain, so take a listen. All right, I'm talking now with my nutrition coach, Angelo Poli from MetPro. Well, it's been really cool to work with you. Of course, Angie has worked with you and she's a lot better client because she actually like does all the workouts and stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a lazy guy, but the eating part has gone a lot better than I thought it would. And the numbers on the scale have been moving for me. Like I'm heading toward my goal weight and I've still been drinking on the weekends. (laughs)
4: Well, we were just talking about that and the science behind it and we are still moving forward despite that. Yes, it's at a slightly slower clip, but you see that's where addressing your metabolism makes all the difference and you're doing it.
0: Yeah, it's great.
4: The idea is not never to have a cheat meal. You have a base routine to come back to. Yeah, You know, a lot of people, what they do, and there's nothing wrong with um, intuitive eating and listening to your body and appetite But what it doesn't allow for is quite the level of strategy and planning. So just like when you're working on increasing your mileage, you don't just day one say, well, I'm going to start with 20 miles. That's not going to go well. You have to know when you can work up to it, push for a higher mile week, what weeks have to be a, a lower volume week, and graduate your way up. Metabolism works the same way. We baseline test. We learn, okay, here's what's keeping you in homeostasis. So we know the caloric intake, the macronutrient ratios, that's maintaining you. Now, if we want to push for faster recovery, improved performance, enhanced performance, we know we need to give you a little extra. If we want to Focus on decreased body weight or reduced body fat percentage. We know where our starting points are and what we have to cut. That's what we're doing with you. We're not cutting anything drastic, we're cutting just enough to where each week it seems like your average numbers are coming in just a little lower and a little lower, and we're moving in the direction we want
0: something else that you said before we started the call that you think on this current eating plan that I'm on, I'll probably keep losing weight for another two or three weeks. Yes. Okay. So why only that long and and what happens after two or three weeks?
4: I'm watching your analytics and what it's telling me is you're on a downward trajectory. Now, if if you weren't having the, uh, you know, the weekend excursions here or there, the the evaluation (laughs) metrics would be a little different, but that's the beauty of having of course your analytics and then uh, a live person reviewing them and adding context to that. But what I'm looking at is the pace that your metabolism is acclimating and it actually gives me averages and our, our, analytics is very accurate. Now on a day-to-day basis, it could be off, but on a trend basis, it's almost always accurate when it tells me your metabolic pace is currently outpacing your intake or vice versa, Mm. but you will plateau. And here's why. And this is what we teach at MetPro is the way the metabolism works is regardless of how good or bad, (laughs) your diet may be, your metabolism is going to acclimate to it. So that means that if you're eating a lower intake, and now we can break that down to macros or overall calories, but if you're intaking lower than what your body needs, your metabolism is going to adjust over time. And that adjustment is what researchers call adaptive thermogenesis. And that's the part I like to teach about, because there's two facets to it. Part of it adjusts because you're becoming a smaller person, but that has nothing to do with the adaptation you're experiencing, Trevor. You're a smaller person by, what, you know, 5, 10 pounds. That's, that's such a small piece of the equation. The bigger piece of equation is nutritional adaptation, where everything from the body's hormone levels, including insulin, ghrelin leptin uh, all of your biological functions you know you from the hypothalamus to the brain stem to neuropeptide it's all of these little tiny chain chemical reactions that take place in your body all adjust just a little to keep you or attempt to keep you in homeostasis and that's a definitive so it's not it, it's death taxes and plateau see those are the three mm-hmm. things you can count on in life yeah so, that's why in our recent research, we've actually been evaluating, okay, what's the difference between calorie restriction, carbohydrate restriction, um, which impacts more, how much implementation should you use for each person given you know, unique scenarios. And the piece we find most often missing is periodization. It is absolutely critical, and I'm going to say that goes double for your audience, Trevor. You and Angie are working with runners, people who are focused on improving their performance. And so there has to be periods of metabolic recovery. The million-dollar question is how much, when to time them, and to what degree. And that's of course, you know, what, what we work with our clients on.
0: Okay. So follow up on metabolic recovery. I can see just like in marathon training, you have recovery weeks. Um, Of course, recovery after races is important. So I understand the concept of recovery from that point of view, but what does metabolic recovery look like exactly?
4: So remember that reference to all those little hormonal um, adaptations that take place in response to diet. Well, the reason there is no um, one-size-fits-all cure, you know, they're always in the marketing material, they're always saying, research uncovered this new, you know, ingredient or this new supplement or... They're never gonna fix it. They're never gonna find it by those means because it's not one thing that's changing in your body. It's death by a thousand cuts. There's all these little tiny biological changes. The way to get your body to reverse those changes is actually to condition your body that there's not a famine scenario. There's actually plenty of food coming in. In fact, conditioning your body to more food. So here's the latest research on this, the difference between high flux and low flux. Um, so here's what this means. The research is now indicating that when somebody is taking in a high caloric or high energy intake meal plan and expending a high amount of energy via exercise daily activity, that is predictive of future homeostasis. If you're eating high intake and you're exercising a lot, it is highly likely that you'll maintain your weight. That's what that means. Conversely, they're showing people in a low-flux state. These are not individuals who are gaining weight, they're in weight maintenance, but they're taking in low caloric intake and they're not as active. That is almost always predictive of future weight gain. And it makes sense. It makes sense, where does your body have to go? If your body gets used to that lower intake, where is it going to go from there? So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about metabolic recovery. So a process that I would take a client through, and so this is just a hypothetical but a very common scenario, is uh, you know, Judy has been trying to lose 20 pounds. And she came to me. She wasn't eating cheeseburgers and, and you know nachos for dinner every night. So I'm going to say she was already used to watching her diet but she isn't able to get those 20 pounds off. So we start going through a systematic diet down process. We're adjusting her diet initially every few days, and then we find that sweet spot, and then we're adjusting it every few weeks. She's lost, say, 10, 12 pounds now, and we're fast-forwarding five to seven weeks in the future. She's lost um, 10, 12 pounds. She's real happy. She's on top of her energy. Her recovery is good, but she hits a plateau. If we don't have anything left to cut, and in layman's terms, that means we don't have any more calories to take away, or we don't have any more carbohydrates to restrict without sacrificing performance. That means in order to get that next 10 pounds or 5 pounds, we're going to have to do a metabolic recovery or an up adjust first. Simply, that means a performance cycle. So what I would tell Judy in this case, or Julie or whatever we said her name was, is okay, you're going to go home and you're going to eat an extra quarter cup of brown rice. Or you're going to have an extra serving of fruit, or you're going to have an extra just small amount. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen to her body weight when we add that small amount in? That tiny little deviation, your metabolism can close the gap. And so every few days will increase systematically and eventually will reach a point where she gains a pound. And now, all right, Julie, I need you to go burn that pound off for me. Here's the catch. Don't eat a single bite less food. You need to eat everything on the meal plan. Burn it off with a few extra miles or an extra cardio session or just a little bit more exercise. Because you can burn one pound off via exercise. You're not going to burn 50 off via exercise unless you have a lot of time on your hands. (laughs) Mm and i'm going to make her gain and lose that same pound maybe four or five times but what's going to happen is over a reasonable amount of time call it 5 weeks 6 weeks could be a little shorter but healthy amount of time would be about a 6 week revving cycle now she's used to all these carbs she's used to maybe about 25 30% more calories And she's in homeostasis. Now, when we move her into a cutting cycle, body fat incinerates off of her. And metabolically, I don't have to cut as far because her metabolism is running faster, which means I don't have to dig into her performances as heavily either. So you see, it all works out. And this isn't new. Sports nutritionists have been doing this with pro athletes for years. Mm -hmm. It's just gotten it's gotten lost in the, the static of marketing clutter and the commercialization and the Hollywood version of weight loss. The actual science and research isn't surfacing as much, but it's out there. In mm-hmm. fact, that's what we've been doing a bunch of writing on recently um, at MetPro, and we've been having a blast with it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's great to have a peek behind the curtain. Thanks for explaining that. And I also wanted to ask you, like, what's new at MetPro? What have you guys been working on lately?
4: Yeah, we we gotta a new book for hopefully your audience. I hope that we get some good feedback. This is actually volume number four, uh, but it's not an update. This is actually a new book. This is The Science to Transform. And now what we've done is we've basically taken our learnings from the last, added the last five, six years since since we originally put out the book and consolidated those learnings down. We've done a number of research studies as well, like I mentioned. In fact, we've uh, done a deep dive into 41 different research papers, medical and research trials and meta-analysis and really did a deep dive into calorie restriction, carb restriction, exercise impact on body weight and composition, and periodization and the optimal multidisciplinary approach for each of those. We've taken all of these pieces now and we've put it into a new, I'm going to call it a workbook, about 80 pages um, to kind of share the the secrets and and share the behind the curtains with anyone who's interested or passionate in the science of sports nutrition and weight loss, if that's been something you've been... uh, you've been interested in or working on.
0: All right. So the book is called The Science to Transform and folks can go download a copy really reasonably priced. Like you guys are just basically giving it away. Where where can they get a copy?
4: Go to metpro.co slash book. So it's metpro.co slash book and what we're doing for our MTA friends, um, which we've been working with now for years. We love your audience. Trevor, they're some of the most passionate people. We've just been having a blast over the last several years. So if you you do download a, a copy of our latest book, Not only will a few additional uh, lifestyle guides come with it, but you'll get a free session to talk with one of our coaches and consultants. So that's what we've been up to, Trevor. Metpro.co slash book.
0: All right. Angelo, it's been a lot of fun working with you, and I'm looking forward to continuing this journey. And I feel a lot better, man. Just like I wake up in the morning and I'm just not as bloated feeling you know i'm like a look in the mirror and like my stomach is not sticking out as far it's just great <laughs> and then i then i go on the weekends and i have some beer and destroy it all but then i build it all back i build all my progress back <laughs> we definitely highly recommend Met Pro. of course angie you guys did wonders for her she's able to run her fastest marathon at the age of 41 after losing 30 pounds so this stuff works so angelo thanks again
4: pleasure being here thanks for having me trevor
0: All right, always nice to talk with Angelo. Again, that's metpro.co forward slash book to get a copy. That brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for being a listener. Of course, if we can help you in any way in your running journey, please reach out. We've got a contact form on the website, marathontrainingacademy.com. Thanks for being a listener and subscriber. You guys are awesome. Until next time, always remember you have what it takes to run a marathon and change your life. Right on my way, right on my way.